Interesting. I just got some additional input to the question for Dustin. Great. I'm logging in now to the thing so I can look at the <laughs> the stupid. So what? I'm what? logging in now to the thing. <laughs> I told you I have a hard time talking like a person. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was intentional or not. It wasn't. <laughs> it was somewhere if, like, a Dalek had a baby with Captain Kirk. <laughs> I hate you all so much. I hate you all so much. Rocket Man. <laughs> Auto-tune that, and you've basically got, like, the setup for a great techno song. (laughs) Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Trevor. I'm Dustin. And I'm Matthew. Dustin, you have some follow-up for us on the Trappist system? I do. I was reading some articles, and I realized that I gave the listeners some bad information, So I'm sorry for that. Um, It turns out the Trappist system does only have seven planets. Uh, So Trevor was right in that regard. And as I've been reading, they are starting the naming with Trappist-1b, Trappist-1c, etc. So it turns out that it's customary to name the innermost planet Trappist or, you know, star name B rather than A. And I don't know why. I guess they just kind of reserve the A for the star as it's funny because we kind of talked about all of this and we were like, no, that's not right. Turns out it was right. So um, other interesting things from my reading is that there's actually only two or three of the planets that are in the Goldilocks zone. Um, and all of the planets seem to, or could possibly be tidally locked, which means that they don't spin. They, the same face would be, or the same half of the planet would be facing the star the whole time. So there could only in theory be a very narrow habitable zone, if at all. Right. Yeah. Like half of the habitable planets would be frozen. Yeah. It'd be right along the day line whatever you would call that (laughs) yeah only two or three are in the goldilocks zone yeah that's what i was reading i feel like the people doing write-ups on this really missed that that's not unusual with science stories at least that's what i'm finding that is true also i feel like a majority of exoplanets that we've heard about they basically say oh it's interesting but it's tidally locked just like I feel like a planet that isn't tidally locked is the uh, exception to the rule here. Yeah. Another interesting fact was that the name for the star Trappist-1 comes from a telescope in Chile. The, let's see if I can remember it, Transit of Planets and Planetesimals Small Telescope. (laughs) So they're taking some letters from the middle of words and different. It's it's pretty contrived. That's all I have to say about that. Matthew, did you have something about Dino Assassin? Did I? 
It's on the list. And I know it's not, I didn't put it there. I didn't put it there. I guess I put it there, but I have no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, um, (laughs) that reminds me of, this is not why it's on the list, but it reminds me of something from our episode about Jurassic Park and other instances of dinosaurs in popular culture. Um, I think it was Curtis told me he thought it would make more sense to just say that the episode was about Jurassic Park. And there's actually a a good reason for that. We intentionally structured the episode to be not about Jurassic Park, but to be about dinosaurs in popular culture. That's why we talk about kind of the archetypes of the most popular dinosaurs. We talk about Jurassic Park, and then we talk about some other TV shows and movies. Now, when we were recording the episode, something went wrong with the audio, and we lost a fair amount of conversation, especially in the sections about Terra Nova and Primeval. And we kind of got lucky that Matthew's audio was fine, and he did the intro in the summation of each of those conversations. And so to a large degree, all that was left was him introducing and then summing up the thoughts on the show. Um, and there actually was a fair amount of interesting conversation in there about things other than Jurassic Park, but um, it's gone. Another thing that was also lost was when we were talking about the T-Rex assassin. Um, there's still some of that in there, but it's actually about half of what there was to begin with. So hopefully the the joke was still there and the kind of summary of what we thought of Primeval and Terra Nova was still there, but um, a lot of our thoughts, our specific thoughts on it were lost and we were left just with the, the big idea. But that's why the episode ended up focused more on Jurassic Park and didn't talk as much about those other two shows because that just disappeared. So what you're saying about our Jurassic Park episode is that out of everything we recorded, that was the something that has survived. <laughs> It was. <laughs> we also lost, sadly, most of Trevor's best jokes. Um, <laughs> yes, I like to think that. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, did you have any follow-up when you brought up the Philadelphia experiment that you wanted to touch on? Oh, yeah, I want to hear about that. Oh, right. That's the other thing from that episode, and that was not lost. I simply didn't notice um, that we completely glossed over that and didn't explain what it was in the episode where we were talking about Jurassic Park. I mentioned that the part in the lost world where they go onto the ship and just find the crew mangled and dead, that it seemed like they were kind of trying to evoke the Philadelphia experiment. And if anybody's wondering what that is, the Philadelphia experiment is one of those big, conspiracy theories that has kind of become the seed for a lot of stuff. Wikipedia refers to it as an alleged government experiment and a hoax, but really it's kind of the nexus of a handful of conspiracy theories. It's one of those big ones, kind of like Roswell or uh, the Monto experiments or um, something else that I can't think of the name of. So, the idea is the government was doing experiments and I'm not, I'm going to say some ores here, not because I'm unsure, but because there's a lot of different 
ideas and theories about this. The government was doing experiments on invisibility or teleportation or time travel or electromagnetism or gravity. One of those is plausible. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe two, gravity, you know, dropping things. The idea is in 1943, they tried doing this big experiment on a a battleship or some sort of ship. And the ship disappeared for a short time, um, either because it became invisible or was teleported or (laughs) was slightly displaced in time. And then when it reappeared, a lot of the crew had either disappeared or was mangled or like fused into the bulkheads, different stuff like that. Um, so as you can imagine this, there are a lot of different theories and, um, you know, people who have supposedly come forward to tell their own stories of how they were involved in this. And it's gotten incorporated into a lot of fiction. The first place I heard of it was in the video game, command and conquer red alert. Um, they use the experiment as some of the backstory for the alternate timeline of that game. It also shows up in like X files and there's a movie about it. And, um, it's just something that you see in a lot of different places, either mentioned by name or just referenced kind of in the idea of it. What episode was it in the X files or was it just mentioned? I don't remember. Okay. Um, as I was skimming the article, on the Philadelphia experiment to refresh my memory. I just saw X-Files mentioned. Unfortunately, I don't remember what the episode was. I will put in the show notes, a link to the Wikipedia article, as well as a recent podcast episode from a show called Ungeniused that does really short episodes on stuff like this. It's not all, um, they do episodes on, interesting things, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, not all conspiracy stuff. So there's, they have a 10 minute episode that kind of just explains the Philadelphia experiment in a nutshell. And I'll give a link to that as well. You reminded me of a public service announcement I wanted to make. And that is that Netflix is removing the X-Files on April 1st. So you guys better <laughs> watch all of the seasons while you can you guys being the listeners okay i was like you're we we have to like you're (laughs) no i don't care about you guys okay (laughs) well i know that trevor has already watched them yeah i've seen it i still have two seasons left i think buffy and angel are disappearing as well um don't watch those unless you want to they're an acquired taste well i guess the x-files is too but if if you are interested in the x-files or are in the middle of it just be aware that they're leaving soon. I'm going to offer this comment just because it fits in with the way things are. I've seen like two and a half seasons of the X-Files and I could not continue with it because it got so far into like the conspiracy stuff. Like, it... <laughs> Yeah, that gets pretty convoluted. That's kind of the point of it, isn't it? No, the point's to have weird monsters of the week. Oh my gosh. I... Uh... <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> oh boy. <sighs> We found this week's controversy. It's too soon for an argument, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm not actually that invested in it, Trevor. You can say whatever you want. Matthew, I will text you a link to my favorite episode, and I think you would like it. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, fine, I'll do the same. <laughs> my favorite episode is actually a Monster of the Week episode, and perhaps somewhat controversially, 
controversially, it is from the new season. Oh, really? I don't, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. That's my second season that I need to read. Watch. Somehow it captures the spirit of the older seasons quite well. Hmm. Even though a lot of the other episodes don't. <laughs> and it also benefits from not being related to the rest of the new season. It's just a standalone. Okay. I'll just tell you, it's uh, season six. The episode is called The Unnatural. It's baseball-centric. Oh. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good episode. Yeah, I like that a lot. My favorite episode is Mulder and Scully Meet the Were Monster, which is season 10, episode three. It's a humorous episode that somehow captures the overall spirit of the show quite well, and... I think would enable somebody to see the joy that can be had in the show without having to watch through a ton of it to get to the good stuff. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is interested in getting just a taste, then I think both of the episodes that Dustin and I mentioned would actually be good samplings. I just want to clarify that the main thing, like it not specific to the exot files, but as a, plot anywhere when it's like a conspiracy plot it wears on me very quickly like i it <laughs> the don't trust anyone like there's all this stuff going on i don't know it it i don't have the patience for it i guess i don't know i don't know if i've seen it too many other places it happens in a lot of star trek episodes i haven't watched much star trek i'm just trying to say it as another place that happens okay and I still love you, Trevor. <laughs> well, I still love Matthew, even though he thinks that the Monster of the Week episodes are the best part of X-Files. <laughs> I did not say that that was good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on before we go any deeper. <laughs> Do we want to address anything with uh, feedback we received thus far or just dive in? Oh, we still have stuff. I want to apologize for the Flash conversation. It won't happen again because he <laughs> lost. Um, <laughs> no, I having to listen to that as I edited it, edit, edited it uh, was kind of painful. So I apologize to you, the listeners, for bringing my personal feelings into a contest between heroes. Based on our personal feeling. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I, it's hard for me to talk about the flash without getting emotional, but I, I will try to continue the tournament without doing such a thing again. I'm stalling here as I try to remember what the other thing was that we wanted to say. It's hard for Dustin to talk about the flash without getting emotional as well. Right. But it's for different reasons on the opposite emotional end of the spectrum. If, if we're talking about flash, my brother had some feedback, um, he was listening and he responded with, I watched the Avengers scene. Quicksilver punches him in the face, runs around and sees the hammer being thrown, grabs it and is thrown against the wall. Cap walks over and knocks him out with his shield. So that's how Captain America handled Quicksilver in the Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. Good to know, I suppose. But um, the more I thought about it, Flash and Quicksilver are incredibly different characters, even though they are both speedsters. Um, because, I mean, 
DC and Marvel are just so different and DC or Marvel or any other universe that we could bring heroes in from, it's really tough to talk about fights that cross between the worlds because the rules are so different and the spectrum of powers and strengths is just so very different that it's tough to have a matchup head to head across universe boundaries. Yeah, it is. So I think that was part of the trouble last week, at least not necessarily the trouble inherent to the fight itself, but the trouble that made it difficult for me to talk about it. I think that's why I've seen other, uh, when I've seen superhero matchups like this, they tend, if they are doing both Marvel and DC, they tend to have a DC bracket and a Marvel bracket, and then maybe have the winners fight off or face off. Hmm. But then that like keeps, I, whatever that is, 95% of the fights internally consistent on the logic of the universe they're based in. And we did try to mitigate these clashes of internal consistencies by limiting the pool to Marvel and DC. But even between those two, it's been a bit of trouble. But we had toyed with the idea of bringing in Star Wars or the Buffyverse or different things. Uh, Darkwing Duck was suggested, but... I don't know if that was... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> it's it's just tough to actually cross over like that. Yeah. So there was one question for you, Dustin, from listener Aaron. Wait, my Aaron... He wants... Oh, okay. What? For a second, I thought... Oh, no, not your wife. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, why didn't she just ask me? Air, not Air, Aaron, Aaron. Yeah, it's indistinguishable. Listener Aaron, he would like to know why you dislike Iron Man and Thor. Those are good. That is a good question. I think it is in large part due to their portrayals in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't like Robert Downey Jr.'s character. And um, I don't know. Thor is not that interesting to me, I guess. That's interesting because he sent me this question earlier in the day and then within the last half hour added, maybe it's just RDJ and Chris Hemsworth he doesn't like. I want to throw out Dustin as a pet. Initially, I did not. I liked the Avengers and I didn't care for Thor very much. And in reading certain things, Thor grew on me a lot. Yeah. And the pictures that you've sent me of comic pages have not been too bad. So I would like to give at least Thor a chance. Um, I'm pretty intrigued by Thor, goddess of thunder. It's on my Amazon wish list. Um, there's actually, there's a really great issue I can think of by that. The same guy who's writing that, that I'm 80% certain you would like. It's basically Thor going around and showing his relationships with ordinary people all around the world. Yeah. It also bothers something about, Iron Man that bothers me is that prior to the movies, no one had heard of him. And by no one, I mean, Matthew, let me finish. (laughs) I I was literally explaining by no one. I mean, people not in, not well-versed in comics did not know him. And now it's like everyone's favorite character. And I mean, that that's understandable because movies are a way to make 
things popular, but it it's just kind of bandwagonism annoys me, and I have a tendency to dislike things that are popular. So I guess I'm kind of a hipster in that aspect. I guess that makes me a little bit sick to my stomach to say that, but. <laughs> I can confirm that you're correct in that, that like no one knew who Iron Man was because I can remember listing, like if people were saying like, who are your favorite superheroes? I'd be like, well, I like Spider-Man. Everyone knows Spider-Man. I really like Iron Man. And people be like, who's Iron Man? And I can even remember reading a guide to Ultimate Alliance, which came out in 2006, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, which came out in 2006, that would have been just two years before that movie that was listing good choices if you were just going to do a playthrough and it said like iron man hear us out we know no one knows who this is but he's a really balanced character and like that wouldn't you couldn't even write that and have it make sense now (laughs) so yeah and i don't like his persona um i'm a big batman fan and bruce wayne adopts a persona of uh, billionaire playboy but it's just him putting on a facade to hide his true identity which is batman tony stark is who he is like he doesn't have a facade um except that okay um <laughs> this isn't the place oh go ahead it's probably not the place for this he does and there's a whole lot of interplay in the classic like no one knows he's iron man in the in the majority of the classic stuff, except for some rare things. And then he usually like fakes his death or something to like throw people off the scent. But, um, there's a whole, there's a whole interplay of it being like a mask, a face, a persona that he's wearing that, uh, like it, it gets into that kind of dynamic. Yeah. And again, I'm just going off of the only place that I've seen. Well, I, I did read ultimate Avengers, um, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> and I'm just saying, like, I've encountered him there in uh, Civil War and in the movies. You are 100% right to hate anything that comes out of Ultimate Avengers. <laughs> Does this A stand for France? Yeah. <laughs> um, But I was going to say, also, it's the... I would say you shouldn't judge the civil war also unless you've read the iron man civil war part as well which i haven't okay that adds a lot of depth to it i'm not saying it like excuses any of the actions okay we're getting really far (laughs) off this yeah we're answering a question iron man civil war is really good i believe you i just i haven't read it i think you would appreciate that one at least i do you think i would be able to get over my disdain for iron man Possibly. Because even in, in that story arc, I can't stand him. But I'll, I'll give it a try sometime. I think you would at least appreciate the end of it. Okay. You may become very angry with him along the way, but you would you would appreciate how it ends. Okay. Um, I can... Wait, I can add something that you might like about the character that happened in Civil War, post-Civil War. There's a point where... Um, I'm going to assume no one cares too much about spoilers where basically he, after the civil war gets his entire mind wiped and rebooted from a point like he had somehow backed up his mind, but it was a pre civil war point. Um, so the Tony Stark that was alive after that point 
had no recollection of going through all that and making terrible civil war choices. And he looked at it and said, I did this and took responsibility for it, even though he didn't have the emotional connection or memory of doing it. He just owned up to it as something that he never experienced. And I admire that about him. I don't know if I would be able to take responsibility for something an alternate version of myself did. Yeah. Regarding Thor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I, whenever Thor came out, I was afraid that it was just going to be a bunch of, oh my goodness, he's so hot throughout the whole thing. And I was surprised it wasn't. I actually liked the movie a lot more than I was expecting to. Thor 2 was not very good in my opinion. Um, I expected to hate the Thor movies when they came out or when they were announced because I didn't see how it could not be cheesy, but they are actually among my favorite MCU movies, especially Thor 2. I know a lot of people hate both of those and especially Thor 2, but I actually really like them. I would actually echo that. Like, I didn't expect them to be able to land doing that at all. It helps that I really like Loki. That also was the point I was going to bring up. He's one of my favorite villains. Which is why you guys need to read Journey into Mystery. But anyway, that's another thing. Okay. Uh, I think we're ready to get to our main topic. It is time for the conclusion of Picard's birthday party, I guess. <laughs> Can we just erase that from our collective memory? I'm As the week went on, I was more and more embarrassed that I had come up with that. So, sorry, listeners. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm not very creative, and I'm not a good writer or anything like that so i just yeah i like star trek i still like it what i still like your backstory <laughs> okay thanks it was it was lovingly crafted <laughs> so our first matchup will be the winners of our first two matchups from last time kitty pride and captain america facing off i was going to bring a lot of snark to this matchup but since trevor apologized for the flash incident i'm going to leave that behind <laughs> even though i couldn't help it okay yeah okay i'm gonna cut out the snark at the end of my apology oh because i really did want to apologize <laughs> okay well i'll bring i'm bringing snarky back no <laughs> <laughs> just wait just wait okay so kitty pride goes up against captain america thoughts well, Kitty Pride can phase, and she has a dragon. I think she might not be able to phase through certain... Uh, I don't know. Never mind. She might not be able to phase this shield because it's a weird um, blend of vibranium and adamantium, and technically Uru now. Wait, it has adamantium in it, too? <sighs> stupid Marvel... Un okay, no, not stupid Marvel Cinematic Universe. They can't use adamantium in the MCU... In the actual comics, it is a vibranium-adamantium alloy. That's why it's unique. Okay. They can't... It was a like accident that they could make it, and they don't know how to reduplicate it. Okay. They say that in the MCU. They say vibranium only in the MCU. They say that it's a unique alloy, and it's one of a kind. They may not use the word adamantium, but they say that it's unique alloy. They say that it's one of a kind. But they can't use adamantium, so it's not... Yeah. They might not use the word, but they still make reference to that fact as a not heavy Marvel reader. I was under the impression that vibranium 
or adamantium was a product from vibranium. Uh, no. And so, and yeah, so I'm mistaken, but that was why I was surprised that it was adamantium and vibranium because I thought adamantium was a refined form of vibranium. I think because it's the alloy, it doesn't do the typical vibranium thing and like eat away other metals, but it gives it the ability to hit very strongly into things. Mm -hmm. And after there was a point where it got broken a little bit and it in like the past decade where it then got repaired by um, Asgard people. So it has a little bit of Uru, the same thing that it's that Thor's hammer is made out of in it. So you're saying that Kitty Pride would have a hard time phasing through that. I'm not, I, I'm saying I'm not sure. I think she would, it would, if anything's going to present a challenge, it would be the shield. Last time Trevor did note that some metals give her some problems. Like they cause her pain or? Um, yeah, they can either cause her pain or um, just leave her weakened. Leave her weakened. I think she, I'm not sure, but she might actually have trouble phasing through some of them. Mm-hmm. I would I would venture to say if anything is going to give her trouble, it's going to be this shield. But just as she could catch Wonder Woman's bracers and use them to throw them throw her into the ground, couldn't she catch Cap's shield and stick it in the ground? Um, if she could catch it, they okay. Well, she could she could catch Wonder Woman's arms. Yeah, but an arm swung is different from a shield that. Um, so um, I'll throw in another. A shield is thrown further away than an arm. Yeah, but it's hard to, they, in the universe, it's specifically said that it's hard for people to catch and manage. The shield? Yes. Like when Captain America was dead, shield had it and they were trying to train other shield agents to use it. And then they just ended up with decapitated agents. They only finally got, the only, only someone, the only person they could find who could use it was Hawkeye. Because he's good with weapons and presumably had some experience with the shield being around Cap. I was speculating when I was talking about if Kitty Pride could make contact with the bracers. I I didn't feel like we ever really resolved that. But uh, even so, I think it'd be a lot easier to catch a fist than to catch a a thrown projectile. She could like hold the shield. I think if like it just bounced away a little bit she could pick it up and use it there's no problem with that it's just the catching it or throwing it with the same degree of accuracy as him would not be yeah um likely trevor counterpoint counterpoint i am able to catch a baseball but i don't think i would be able to catch someone trying to punch me Hmm. catching the shield is hard (laughs) yeah frisbees too i have a hard time I I think that a thrown projectile is less difficult to catch than something that is close to you. Even though it's not being thrown as fast, you have a shorter period for reaction. But that's just me. How does a cap shield do against the ground? Can he throw it into the ground? Like, it, how so? Like, could he throw it and just have it stick there? Like, uh, let's say some, he's fighting someone who can... Whenever they see that they're outclassed, just phases into the ground and then goes through the ground and grabs his boots and pulls him in. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's ever happened or anything, but like hypothetically speaking. No, that could probably happen. So could he throw his shield through the ground and hit said phaser? 
Probably not. But if he figured out that, hmm. so I guess if we're saying he knew that that happened, he might just stand on the shield if he figured that was giving some trouble with phasing. <laughs> We've created an absurd fight. Here. Yeah. Cap just standing on his shield in the m- middle of a field and the floor is lava. The floor is lava. <laughs> um, the, the main thing. Okay. He's a, he's a master tactician. That's the main thing is he's figuring out someone's weaknesses and able to try, especially if he knows them. Like there was one point where he fought Spider-Man. Spider-Man has him completely outclassed in strength, speed, um, like just extra abilities and everything. And Spider-Man's whole thing was like, I've got to get him away from the shield. Um, and spent the whole fight, finally did that. And then Captain America was able to beat him because he knew Spider-Man was going to be trying to get the shield away from him and let that distract Spider-Man and got like a good punch in or like did stuff like that. So is, uh, remind me, is Spider-Man able to phase into the ground? (laughs) Uh, Not in most incarnations. Okay, thanks. So we glossed over something. Does Spider-Man have a dragon? (laughs) That's okay. That's what I was going to say. We glossed over something earlier dustin mentioned that kitty pride has a dragon this is something that dustin and i learned in the days since our last recording i'm sure matthew already knew which matthew never deigned to mention he she had it in like the 90s most of the time okay go ahead go ahead and talk about the dragon so yeah she has a dragon how cool is that which wouldn't have been much of an an issue for wonder woman but captain america does he fight dragons on occasion okay he does uh the avengers have fought like yeah (laughs) The dragon is like 20 pounds. What's the name of the dragon? Lockheed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that name. <laughs> and he has guns, doesn't he? Depends. Captain America? In that picture that you sent. No, Captain America doesn't use guns. He just uses a shield. Oh, Lockheed. Lockheed did have some guns in the picture I sent. <laughs> <laughs> While... Guns don't typically pose a threat to Captain America because of his shield, and all the bullets tend to go to the shield. Um, that could be a, dis- a distraction. I don't know if Lockheed... Uh, are we including Lockheed in this fight? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the revenge of the Flash? No, no, no. That has not yet happened. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to make this an interesting fight. (sighs) (laughs) Okay. um, My favorite to win this fight before we talked, before we started talking through any of these, my favorite was Kitty Pride for this fight. For the Kitty Pride Captain America fight? Yes. Um, Because of the phasing. Mm -hmm. But after we started thinking about medals and stuff last week, I started thinking that the shield could provide the edge that Wonder Woman was missing against Kitty last week. Um, Wonder Woman and Captain America are obviously both good fighters. I feel like they bear some similarities in that. I I don't actually know much about Wonder Woman, but I feel like they have some similarities in their fighting styles. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say that they're fairly similar. And Wonder Woman does have some cool equipment but created by greek deities yes but that doesn't cause kitty a problem uh 
I don't know for sure if the bracers would or not, but I do feel like the shield is a little more uniquely suited to this situation. To throwing into the ground. <laughs> to throwing at Kitty Pride, who is in the ground. Because as you as you noted, Captain America and Wonder Woman have very similar, you know, abilities and such. And if Kitty Pride went into the ground right away with Wonder Woman because she saw she was outclassed, why would she not do the same for Captain America? Um, Wonder Woman's a lot more forceful. I think she, Kitty Pride would immediately realize. Yeah, but Kitty Pride is more familiar with Captain America and knows knows how he could take out like all of the Nazi army. <laughs> um, I think that if Cat, uh, they'd know each other well enough that they'd have a sense of each other's abilities. I think he wouldn't necessarily like. He might realize the ground move is coming. Um, he might like flee to the forest part and try to avoid i don't know i think he would try to change like use whatever terrain would help him out i just don't know what that i don't know what percentage of the time is cap's opening move the shield throw (laughs) (laughs) this is my favorite type of question (laughs) his opening move is usually saying avengers assemble okay his second move (laughs) what about when he's alone uh, still, you know, no. <laughs> he still yells, Avengers Assemble, which throws oh, off right. the enemy because they're like, wait, I thought I was just fighting you. Um, depending on runs, there was definitely a part where it would probably just be him screaming Bucky. Um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> he would normally probably try to de-escalate the situation and talk and give people a chance to, like, not fight. That would, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so it's clear that it's going to fisticuffs what's his first move um i would say he would try to find the best possible footing and duck out of it until he got the best footing so he's a coward is that what you're saying um he's intelligent and would reposition to give himself the advantage <laughs> he can do this all day <laughs> he can do <laughs> then okay does he have x-ray vision can he see through the rock that he's hiding behind <laughs> he's not necessarily hiding behind a rock Oh, I thought you just said like he would look for cover. Yeah, but he might go to like the foresty area. And okay, can see can he see through the tree he's hiding behind? Um, not necessarily, but he might be up in the trees. Could Kitty then like reach through the tree trunk, grab his head, and pull it into the tree trunk? But if they're in a, f- but she doesn't have extrasensory abilities either. If they're in a forest, well, he's a big guy. I think that she might see him hiding behind the tree. They have talked about him being surprisingly <laughs> stealthy before. I'm just imagining him <laughs> twinkle-toeing through the, the woods. <laughs> so I think the significant difference here is that Captain America has a ranged weapon. The significant difference is that you guys like Captain America. He has a ranged weapon. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman does not have a ranged weapon. She definitely doesn't ever throw her shield or use a lasso or anything. Wait, she has a shield too? Yeah. Is it made of a unique alloy of the things we talked about? As previously mentioned, it is forged by Hephaestus. Okay. I feel like the sword and shield are like much more iconography-wise, much more recent additions, whereas the lasso's been there from like day one. The dragon. I mean, just ignore that. Okay. (laughs) Okay, I did not realize that she had 
a shield that could be used as a projectile. I have failed her. <laughs> okay, but is there any way that we're not is there any way that we're going to make this not about Wonder Woman? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to based on cuz this is Kitty Pride versus Captain America. Yes, you are correct. I my personal goal had been not to turn any of the conversations into a flash conversation like last week, but I feel like we are destined to do that with every single one instead. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So does it seem out of place to go back to our previous way of Kitty Pride winning and use that same formula? I did not imagine her doing it immediately. I imagined her doing it before Wonder Woman was in punching range because I thought that was pretty much her go-to. Okay, so the reason I asked about the shield throw is I'm imagining like Kitty Pride could be running toward Captain America and then he's like, oh, catch this. And then she can slide under the, the shield into the ground. He doesn't have the shield yet, grab his legs and phase him down. Because if she can dodge punches, couldn't she dodge? I mean, you said she couldn't catch it but she could at least dodge a shield throw. I suppose. It depends on how fast things happen. You were convincing me that she could win. I don't think it's necessarily a lock for Captain America. Should we vote? Because we're in the interest of time. <laughs> it sounds like Trevor needs to think about it some more. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Okay. Okay, Dustin. Wait, you're going to have me go first? Yeah. I want to go last like last time. What? <laughs> Did you go last every time? <laughs> yes. But that doesn't, I don't think that was true. It was. He was playing the host, and so he would ask us for our votes, and then he would vote. Oh. The exception was when I refused to vote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> come back to me. I feel like I voted last on Spider-Man. I did use the phrase, come back to me. As did Matthew. Come back to me. <laughs> oh, maybe it was Matthew that did it. It gets all muddied when you spend that long editing it. Yeah. Okay, Trevor. I vote Captain America. Matthew? I vote Kitty Pride. Oh! <laughs> okay, so here was going to be my snarky comment. I was expecting both of you guys to vote for Kitty Pride, and I was going to say, I vote Captain America because he has an uncanny ability to win things that he shouldn't. But I really think that Kitty Pride would win, so I vote Kitty Pride. Wait, who did you think we were going to vote for? I thought you both would vote for Kitty Pride. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I did. Interesting. So that was my Revenge of the Flash. Okay. I'm done now. I had picked Kitty for the bracket to win this fight. I had them going up against each other and her winning. But thinking about it, I mm -hmm. thought Captain America would. Okay, so Kitty wins. Although I fear we're about to set up something like Tre with Trevor thinking phasing is an overpowered ability. <laughs> Um, <laughs> the fact that something is effective does not of itself make it overpowered. It's mm -hmm. when I, I, Trevor, it was it's a joke. not balanced by anything. I, I understand what you were saying. I, okay. So our next fight of the pre, the next two winners was Batman facing off against the Scarlet Witch. Are we ready to vote? <laughs> Dustin, how will Batman win? I, he won't. 
That's that's the truth of the matter. I don't think that he would win. Oh, wait, that was I... not what I thought you meant. Yeah. Um, can I throw in my favorite thing that actually I don't think would be a I thought of like as a fun fight between the two of them if they knew it was going to happen? Uh, sure. But let me first <laughs> preface it with why I'm saying this. When I was creating the bracket, I created the bracket using a random number generator on my computer. And so just randomly assigning superheroes against each other. And then we picked what we felt was the most interesting slash balanced bracket and went with that. Um, I knew going into it that if Batman were facing someone with actual powers, that I would have to say, given that they're taking equal time to prepare or I mean, I was not wanting to give Batman any uh, leg up on the competition that I don't think that Batman would win because he's, you know, he's his strength comes in his ability to prepare and uh, think out contingencies and create gadgets and things like that. And he's also one of the things I like about him is more of his um, sleuthing ability than his fighting. Um, so yeah, all that to say, I did not. I expected if he were to go up against someone with powers in the first round, he would be a first round knockout. Except that he was matched up against Green Arrow, so. <laughs> <laughs> It, that didn't happen. But this in this scenario, given our rules of no prep time or you know equal amounts of prep time, I I don't see how Batman would win. Matthew, what were you going to say? Um, that she would just change reality so his parents never died. Ooh, <laughs> I like that too. Yeah, everybody wins. Um, because she herself has a very tumultuous family history. I feel like she would look at that fight and see that as a way to both win and help Bruce heal and would, that's kind of, I don't know, they do that a lot. So I like that. She could also just like power him to death, but I think that would be the, the, uh, I don't know. Anyway, should we vote? Yeah, I, I feel really good about that ending. Let's let's make that the canon. That's how she wins this. <laughs> I would like to say for my predictive bracket, I for some reason until it was spoken out loud as we recorded, I kept reading Scarlet Witch as Black Widow, possibly because the actress who plays Black Widow is named Scarlet. I'm sorry, Matthew, but this is a thing that happens in my brain Wait, when I read their names. You th you were reading Scarlet Witch as Black Widow? I just assumed it was yes. Black Panther as Black Widow. No, I thought it was Black Widow versus Black Panther. Really? Oh, wow. And that's why I picked Black Panther to win. That's his secret, Dustin. Everything's Black Widow. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thought, well, duh, Black Panther beats Black Widow. And then I thought this week we would have Batman versus Black Panther, which was potentially going to be a very interesting and very contentious fight between the two of you. Yeah, that I could see being more ha Batman having a chance of winning, but that would be an interesting fight. Like yeah, just it would. But here we are, Batman versus Scarlet Witch. Shall we vote? Dustin, would you like to place your vote? Scarlet Witch. 
Matthew? Scarlet Witch. I too vote Scarlet Witch. And Batman receives his parents. Martha is alive. Also Thomas. What? Thomas is his father. Why do you keep saying that name? (laughs) (laughs) Now is not the time or place. (laughs) Okay. I apologize. Okay. So Scarlet Witch wins. Next match is Squirrel Girl versus Nightcrawler. (laughs) For some reason, this one just makes me laugh. (laughs) Well, they both can crawl up walls, so, you know, that's a wash. (laughs) (laughs) Is the whole fight going to take place on the side of a wall? Probably like the main cooling tower, yes. (laughs) I don't know. Um, Nightcrawler has three swords. And teleportation abilities. Mm -hmm. And if they go anywhere in shadowed areas he has a massive edge on stealth after the first x-men movie with nightcrawler came out i became obsessed with teleportation and every game i played i wanted a character that could teleport that was one of the things i liked about playing with deadpool in marvel ultimate alliance it was one of the things i liked about being a warlock in destiny until they repeatedly nerfed it Did I tell you guys they nerfed it again? Okay, that's a different conversation. (laughs) Yeah, now you lose your radar when you blink. Seriously? Are you kidding me? And it's gone for like five seconds after you blink. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And that's just like your double jump ability. Yep. (laughs) That's, that is so, oh my goodness. Okay. I almost want to use it out of spite now. (laughs) But it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Squirrel Girl versus Nightcrawler. What do we have for this? Trevor, since you have Squirrel Girl going all the way, please tell me. I never said that. Oh, really? (laughs) You never said that on the air. Did I say that? But you did announce the tweet with, may the best squirrel win. (laughs) All I said is I did my research. And when, no, you, you support, you uh, defended yourself with, I did my research. The tweet was a Freudian slip. Please share your research and tell us how Squirrel Girl wins this. I don't. Or is it like. All of the other... I don't actually even have an attachment to Squirrel Girl, to be honest. I have read one of her comic books, and let's see. My full experience of Squirrel Girl is I read one comic book. I talked about the character with Betsy for a little bit. I saw a clip of a TV show where she auditioned for something while in a Disney store. I was in the Disney store. She was auditioning for something on a kid's show. Um, (laughs) I was starting to think that she was auditioning in the Disney store. (laughs) I think she wanted to be in the fantastic four. Anyway, I just saw her bounce around the screen. and I was like, score girls on TV. Um, Oh, you told me about that from the, yeah. Yeah. And then the research that I did where I found out that she had defeated all these various people. And I just did some research into her backstory, but I actually am not really all that attached to the character. Mm hmm. I like the concept. I just find the whole, the enemy wakes up and finds they've been defeated, (laughs) a very thin way of winning things. She probably, I think they go with her being kind of strong. I think we could say she's physically stronger than Nightcrawler, probably. I, I would think that's a thing. The only thing I'm really sure about is that at the end of this fight, a lot of squirrels are going to be trapped in some alternate dimension. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let me... Nightcrawler is one of the more gentle 
people. I think he would teleport them a distance away where they could not help, but they would be safe. Like, I think he would honestly be care. Like he would care about the squirrels like that. (laughs) Well, it's not like the other dimension is deadly because he Uh goes in and out. It it's not good. Okay. All right. All right. Isn't it basically a hell dimension? It's a hell dimension. Oh. Like when he comes back, it there's a puff of brimstone smell. Oh, okay. His father's like a demon. <laughs> like literally close to a demon, like Rome's hell. Okay, anyway. So <laughs> I think he would care for the squirrels and render them Are you saying that he would teleport each squirrel away? He can teleport a batch of squirrel like a bunch of squirrels okay so he would just do a batch teleport and remove her army if they can't yeah okay but he i mean he's not actually skipping space right he would have to actually run that full distance in the other dimension wouldn't he um i don't know if it's a one-to-one correspondence okay that would make more sense i think he has kind of just like a feel for how far away he's going like I don't, yeah, I don't think he, like, physically wears himself out going through the other dimension because it never lasts more than a couple seconds. Okay, so he could travel a greater distance by doing that. Yes. Okay. I think that's the impression I've always gotten. He couldn't teleport to the other side of the world or, like, from even one, like, he couldn't, he couldn't go from, like, New York to L.A. I think that's too far for his range. Um, I think he can go a fair distance that's just kind of, like, I don't know. A town wouldn't be undoable. The reason I'm imagining a lot of squirrels ending up in the other dimension is that I'm imagining kind of the go-to squirrel rush strategy. They swarm over him and then he escapes by teleporting away. And then some number of them just kind of like fall off the (laughs) transit. Alternatively, he could probably teleport to her really quickly and teleport her away from all the squirrels. That would probably be way easier. (laughs) But, you know, there are squirrels in a lot of places. She has (laughs) friends in high places everywhere. Yes, literally in trees. (laughs) Um, Could he teleport her to like a blank field where he knows that there aren't going to be squirrels for a little bit? Squirrels love fields. Ground squirrels. (laughs) Could he teleport her into part of the Chernobyl plant where there are no squirrels? Mutant squirrels. (laughs) Onto a boat. Sea squirrels. Sea squirrels. <laughs> Into space. Space squirrels. Space squirrels. <laughs> Are you guys okay. imagining squirrels with little, like, round helmets and jetpacks? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, yes, just like in the episode where they go to the moon. <laughs> uh, Are we ready to vote? And by episode, I mean issue. Uh, sure, let's vote. Dustin. Nightcrawler. Trevor. Score girl. Uh, this, I feel bad about this, but it's going to be Nightcrawler. I'm thinking the Settlers of Catan gif. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any major attachment to the character. I don't. I just know that I actually... I have loved Nightcrawler for far longer than I have been intrigued by Squirrel Girl. I think she would... I I think it would be different with other characters. Like, Nightcrawler's just a decent match for her. 
I don't know. Like, even if she had come up against Thor, I think she... <laughs> I don't know. That would maybe be different. He could be beguiled. Who? Thor. Oh, okay. I don't know why, but I was hearing Thor and thinking Captain America. I was thinking, he doesn't seem very beguilable. <laughs> Captain America probably could be overwhelmed by squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute! <laughs> Well, I meant like physically over. <laughs> he would want to feed them. <laughs> That's he would probably just salute their patriotism, and I don't know. <laughs> the kingdom of Captain. Yeah. Okay. In the interest of staying on topic, hello there, third most patriotic of mammals. <laughs> What's the bison? Duh! I feel bad. Let's go on. <laughs> Bison's number one. Number two is just a buffer because I figured I was. Not thinking of something. I thought you were going to throw in like bald eagle and then we'd be like, wait. (laughs) They're the mammals of the sky. (laughs) Okay. The next battle. Battle 12. Iron Man. Victor Von Doom. Versus Martian Manhunter. So, Dustin, how does Martian Manhunter win this one? Matthew, what are Victor Von Doom's weaknesses? (laughs) Um, if he has a weakness in as Iron Man, maybe that he's trying to atone for his crappy behavior. <laughs> he cares too much. If he has a weakness. <laughs> My biggest weakness is that I'm too responsible. <laughs> <laughs> he is primarily a villain of, or as in his previous incarnation as Dr. Doom. He was primarily a villain of the Fantastic Four, correct? Yes. They are crappy superheroes. (laughs) So, (laughs) as made explicit by the crappy movies. Okay, that... I'm I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay. (laughs) That was a lot of shade I was throwing there. I'm I'm just kidding. I mean, okay, to be fair, you are 100% right on the movies. They're crappy. Right, 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 right. But (laughs) in representing the source material, okay, anyway, that's the wrong thing. I'm joking. Okay, so how is it that the uh, Fantastic Four beat uh, Doctor Doom or foil his plans? Um, Usually usually he's... Stretchy man gets him? Do you understand the Fantastic Four at all? (laughs) (laughs) Stretchy man done it? Do you... I'm joking. I'm joking. Do you think the plastic man's really lame? I'm just okay. <laughs> yes, I do. Does Stretchy Man throw the rock at him? Does what? Does Stretchy Man throw the rock at him? <laughs> <laughs> I'm now imagining just yes, he throws Dwayne Johnson at him. <laughs> that stops him dead. No. Um Doom was infatuated with Susan Richards, who was a member of the Fantastic Four. Usually it was something with that. Or like she said, Victor, stop this for me. And he'd be like, I can't help it. I love you. Or something like that. <laughs> Dude had issues. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, that's seriously how they beat him? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, so what are the other times? A lot of times it was not really a defeat it would just be like circumstances shifted and he was like this is no longer optimal and would reevaluate and decide it wasn't the time to do stuff like it there was a lot of that Hmm. 
in that one movie they used science and a fire hydrant. <laughs> um, a lot of times too. Let us never speak of it again. <laughs> there would be like an uneasy alliance between them. Like they had differing goals, but they the immediate threat that was in present meant they worked together. Like, okay, Doctor Doom and stretchy man as you say were like <laughs> friends in college so it's kind of like there's a weird dynamic there matthew his name is reed richards <laughs> congratulations you almost made me fling my drink at my computer hoping it would somehow reach <laughs> and just to be clear to the listeners we're not even in a video chat <laughs> Um, okay, so here's I'm going to throw out this. Martian Manhunter's weakness is fire. Yes. Iron Man has a lot of ways to make fire. Doctor Doom has even more ways to make fire and could burn him to death pretty quickly or at least incapacitate him into ashes. Okay. Matthew, do you see a way that Martian Manhunter could beat Victor Von Doom as Iron Man? Because you've already stated in the last episode that even though Victor Von Doom isn't magic, well, no, okay, back, scratch that. He's not telepathic. He is able to um, withstand withstand the telepathic attack from the Purple Man, which great name. And we're not even making that one up, like the Stretchy Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, people might actually be more familiar with Purple Man because he was a villain and he didn't go by that name. Um, Purple Man done it. He he was a villain in one of the Netflix series. Oh, wait. In Jessica Jones? Yes. They just called him Kilgrave because that was his name. Oh, really? Okay. Kilgrave is a much better villain name. I don't know why he went with the yeah. Purple Man. I've seen three, maybe, episodes of that. David Tennant did a very creepy good job with it. <laughs> Can we talk about Battle 12? Yes. Um... So Martian Manhunter, why am I blanking on what he, he can shapeshift? Yes. So he could he could theoretically try to assume a different shit like <sighs> could he make himself look like Victor Von Doom's mother? He could but I he wouldn't know. Like coming into this or Mrs. Fantastic. Coming into <laughs> coming into the <laughs> battle, he wouldn't know that and he could like Doom's mind is a steel trap. He couldn't get any of that info from Doom unless well, he can't be controlled, but are you saying he can't even be read? Um, I think he they go into things about how he has a ton of he's one of those like overprepared people where he literally like I think it's literally come as a plot point. People have tried to read his mind and he's got like mystical or technological guards to give biofeedback and like put people in comas if they try it. He is very secretive. <laughs> OK, let me be blunt. Does Victor Von Iron Man have any weaknesses? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering, too. Um, if he fought the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay, so no. So if Martian Manhunter used his shape-shifting to make himself look like an invisible person. <laughs> uh. Like emotional or egotistical appeal would, but the egotistical thing wouldn't work with the Iron Man part. Emotional appeal is probably the best bet. Wait, does he have a split personality as Iron Man? He's not the same, like, he doesn't have, like, when he was Doctor Doom, he had a whole 
I'm running a country. I deserve to run the world. I like that type of ego trip thing going. And he has abandoned that as Iron Man. Like he's trying to atone for being bad. So you couldn't do the same. Like people could like ego play him and get him to say like, this is unbecoming of you. You should give up. And he'd be like, you're right. This is something like that. But I'm saying like that wouldn't. (laughs) That just makes him sound stupid. (laughs) He has a very weird sense of pride. (laughs) Okay. Or nobility, I'm sure, in his mind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, is Martian Manhunter a, like an empath at all? He might be able to like, if an emotion was strong enough, he might be able to read it beyond. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that much about Martian Manhunter. I do want to say that some of what I've been reading is that it's probably pronounced John Jones. And that's why he chose John Jones as his human name. In the last episode, I was saying John Johns, and so. But we never heard any feedback on whether that's right. But I don't know much about him. I find him to be an interesting character that I would like to know more about. But again, I didn't do the research, and so I just am assuming that since Iron Man Von Doom doesn't have any weaknesses, that Iron uh, Martian Manhunter can't exploit the the non-weaknesses so are we are we ready to vote is martian manhunter's only weakness fire yes i as far as i know does it have to be actual fire or would repulsor blasts and such do the trick so in justice league of america tower of babel batman um so As Matthew noted last week, uh, Batman has a contingency plan for all of the members of the Justice League in case they were somehow, uh, if they turned against the Justice League, that he could take them out. His contingency plan for Martian Manhunter was something like nanites that would combust or almost like a white phosphorus grenade, how it just kind of continually burns when it's in oxygen, in an oxygenated atmosphere. Um, So it was some kind of like actual fire that was on his skin, but it didn't kill him. It wasn't, it's more of, he has a fear of fire. And so that fear immobilizes him. Um, So Um, I'm in other incarnation, like not the main thing. I know Superman has, completely killed the Martian Manhunter with heat vision. And that's not even like, I guess, fire, but it combusted him because Superman's a jerk. <laughs> okay. That didn't need to be said. <laughs> well, you, I'll cut it out. Oh uh, no, I was just meaning like we were all thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll triple it. <laughs> Shall we vote? Yeah, let's vote. Matthew, who would you like to vote? I would vote for Iron Von Doom. Dustin. My heart says Martian Manhunter, but in the absence of any way to beat Von Doom Man, I'm voting for Victor Von Iron Man Doom. I will vote for Iron Doom Von Man as well. (laughs) How many permutations of... Five factorial. 
that that's that's the most mathematical way to say that and he would and he would probably appreciate that description dustin <laughs> um okay so now on to the semifinals Ooh, yes okay so battle 13 kitty bride versus scarlet witch are we ready to vote dustin would you like to provide us with information about how kitty pride will grab scarlet witch's boots i love (laughs) (laughs) and the method by which this will happen i was about to say i love how i'm suddenly the advocate for kitty pride you are but (laughs) okay dustin my cats just fell off the staircase (laughs) did they land on their feet (laughs) i have no idea they fell behind my chair (laughs) both of them it sounded like both of them, but it in like was probably f- just Juno. In a single point mass, or like both? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I would be really excited to see Kitty Pride versus Nightcrawler, so that's why Kitty Pride would win. That- <laughs> <laughs> but power wise, you think she's gonna grab the boots and phase her somewhere? Is that how it goes? I don't know. Does Scarlet Witch fly? I was going to let Matthew defend Scarlet Witch. Uh, well, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, she does. Okay, then, yeah, she can't reach her boots from the ground. That was like the one thing that I had to say about this match. What? <laughs> that she flies and so that keeps her boots off the ground. Oh. <laughs> does she actually fly, Matthew? Uh, it varies, but she can kind of do like, a, yeah, she can hover with a mystical field. She can't, I don't think she ever like outrightly flies everywhere, but... During a battle, she's not bound to the ground. I'm not talking mechanisms. I'm talking about... <laughs> I'm being very non-specific. Can she not be on the ground, is what you're asking. Can she be not on the ground? Yes. Okay. Once again, the floor is lava. Kitty Pride has no chance. Um, Matthew, would you like to tell us how Scarlet Witch will alter reality to be victorious over Kitty Pride? There was a specific event that she changed everything and gave everyone everything they wanted. Wolverine screwed it up and she got really PO'd and said no more mutants and there were only like 100 mutants left in the whole world. That's effective. But she herself is a mutant. No, they retcon that. <laughs> or did she retcon it? So, okay, who's her father? It's not Magneto. What? She, I think they're currently on, she was genetically engineered by the High Evolutionary. So, more mcu-esque then they are trying uh, to get away from her yes because of the mcu they've retconned and because of fox oh because of that whole like because fox owns mutants they retconned her from being a mutant so that fox cannot use anything related to them because they're no longer mutants is the idea i think behind that. that's like the pettiest retcon ever oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how they stopped producing the fa- like they did they stopped making Fantastic Four because they didn't want to give Fox any more material. And they kind of cratered the X-Men stuff for a while. They've, they're now just getting to like revamping it because of fan outrage. But anyway, I don't know that she would depower Kitty Pride. I just think she has a history of doing that. And like mutants hated her with a fiery passion because they looked at her as like Hitler for committing mutant genocide. <laughs> and was this pre... Okay, so this was post-retcon. This was pre-retcon. Like pre- before, when she was still a mutant. When she was a mutant. She okay. said no more mutants and there were still some mutants. It was oh. just kind of like a she altered. But it was, again, it went from millions to 200. 
Okay. And a lot of people, I don't know if Kitty Pride was one of the ones who got, I think Kitty Pride was actually technically dead at this point. So. Well, then she's definitely going to lose. <laughs> but they don't stay dead. Yeah. The X-Men, there's the, they've got like a revolving door out of the afterlife. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I, you said literally that. Anyway. Did I? Okay. I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. That's fine. That's you didn't say listeners. a revolving door, but. You did. Oh, really? I didn't remember that. Yeah. The, apparently my turns of phrase are a revolving door too but <laughs> <laughs> it's those phrases have a revolving door right out of matthew's brain <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get a revolving door of comments about how much they hate this like line of hit us up at feedback at betterworlds.net or <laughs> at betterworldsnet on twitter Oh, man, that reminds me. I kept telling people I was going to put stuff in the show notes, but I never told them where to find the show notes. I guess they'll have to keep listening. <laughs> Kitty Pride versus Scarlet Witch. Okay, so that retcon that made her not a mutant came after she said no more mutants? Yeah, it was after they had repowered all the mutants. Was that the way that she became retconned? Did she retcon herself? The retcon thing was a couple years after they restored all the mutants, and she was part of restoring all the mutants as well. I was going to ask if she would change reality so that Kitty Pride did not have a pet dragon named Lockheed. But then you said that she gave everybody everything they wanted, and clearly Kitty Pride wanted to have a pet dragon. But Kitty Pride was dead, so I guess she didn't really... But Lockheed was a lot bigger. And had more guns. The Scarlet Witch would have no problem fighting off a dragon. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen pictures of Lockheed? <laughs> He's 20 pounds. So, okay, let's look. Like, on, on a more mechanical note, if Kitty Pride is phasing, she could change the probability that Kitty Pride's phasing works and just have her stuck in rock. So she can change from zero to 100%. Yes. Oh, well, that's not okay. So Kitty Pride, I think, would probably not be fond of the Scarlet Witch because let's just. Uh, there's a lot of history there. She's done a lot of terror. She did that whole thing with the mutants. Like they, she might have some like special revenge drive to take her out. But as you said, she was dead at that time. All the more reason to want revenge. Unfinished business. <laughs> I'm trying really hard to think of how she would win. <laughs> um, would she be a ghost if she was dead? <laughs> she's had prac. No. Um, that would be like phasing. It's like the sixth <laughs> sense. She's always been a ghost. Also, sometime plus or minus around that whole mutant thing, she, the Scarlet Witch did go crazy and killed Hawkeye, um, her husband, and Ant-Man. Like this movie Ant-Man. She's not sounding like a superhero. It depends on who's writing her. So who added her? <laughs> she's a, she is a superhero she has much more history of a hero than that was a mental breakdown like and there was also like had the people writing the scarlet witch been watching buffy season six <laughs> it would not have been too long after that so maybe interesting um she did bring hawkeye back to life by the way and actually technically the ant-man later <laughs> <laughs> so are we gonna vote yes let's just vote okay dustin Kitty Pride. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounded like you are proud of cats. <laughs> well, that's what I was Kitty saying. Kitty Pride. I vote for Scarlet Witch. Okay. 
Uh, Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Dustin, why did you vote for Kitty Pride and then Scarlet Witch? He was voting Cat Pride. What? I was I was just saying who was in the the matchup. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were just expressing like how much you liked Smog. Yeah. I was just trolling you guys. Okay. Okay. Nightcrawler versus Iron Victor Doom Man. <laughs> Battle 14. Does Nightcrawler have any weaknesses? He's too nice. <laughs> <laughs> Does Iron Man Victor Von Doom Man have any weaknesses? Stop filling in results, Dustin. Um, uh, we've already... <laughs> it, it's pointless. We've already established he has zero weaknesses. What? <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> we owe people at least a, a moderate discussion. So Nightcrawler's fighting yeah. Iron Von Doom. He bamfs around, but Victor Von Doom is able to create magic and locks him in the other dimension somehow. I don't know if that's even possible. Actually, that's but... a really good point. That probably could happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Here uh, we go. He also turns his swords to large balloon animals. And <laughs> <laughs> Why not balloon swords? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> That would be too dangerous. <laughs> Balloon animals. But Doom is secret. Forgot he was afraid of giraffes. Um, the, so he does have a weakness. No, I don't. <laughs> making that up. Maybe Nightcrawler could turn the balloon to look like Susan Storm and make him. I don't know. No, it's uh, Susan Richards. Sorry. I'm. I. I think the balloon animals is the most likely. Uh, course of action for victor von doom if nightcrawler took him into the like hell limbo dimension his magic axis might not work the same magic axis what do you mean uh, a-c-c-e-s-s like his oh, ability oh, okay. to utilize that might be interfered with because you're in a mystical dimension where other powers are more prevalent like that's that could impact things he'd still have all the tech and like if there's any spells he's accessing from that plane he could still do that but that might even the fight mm -hmm. nightcrawler couldn't teleport i don't know if he can teleport out and leave people in i don't know if that's a thing oh that's i thought that was kind of what how he won against spider-man was that how he won against spider-man i thought he just I, at least in my mind <laughs> it was a scenario that you presented but we didn't Oh. I mean, you're talking about us talking, not canonical possibilities. I thought he just outfought him with the swords. Right. It's possible. So there's a whole thing when Nightcrawler teleports in that dimension. There are malevolent things in there that if they if he lingered too long in it, I guess he could attract their attention. Nightcrawler? Nightcrawler could. But isn't his dad a demon? His dad doesn't necessarily like him. <laughs> oh, oh, geez. His dad's a demon and Nightcrawler's a devout Christian. That <laughs> Okay, I can see the conflict there. So Victor Von Doom having attracted attention from various nether realms over time, if he if he went in and his presence was sensed and definitely stayed there long enough, that might attract 
denizens of that realm to be attacking him in addition to nightcrawler i don't know i'm trying to help here <laughs> um okay this random message board on the internet is telling me that the nightcrawler doesn't why did i say the nightcrawler nightcrawler doesn't even really perceive the dimension that he's teleporting through it happens so fast and he cannot intentionally cause himself to stay there either i think they've had some stuff where there's been complications there was a story where they wanted to fight a specific entity in that dimension. And so they used another mutant's powers to somehow cause them to stop there. But Nightcrawler couldn't do it himself. Does it name the entity? Uh, Shadow King. It would Nightcrawler be able to get close enough to Iron Man to grab him and teleport him away like... Uh, he did with Squirrel Girl. Like, is that even a remote possibility? Yes, it could go either way, though. <clears throat> Nightcrawler has a stealth advantage, like we've pointed out several mm -hmm. times. If he... It, Doom might not think he's enough of a threat to pay attention to that. Like, I don't. he doesn't deal with the X-Men too much, and Nightcrawler would be joking a lot, which is going to lower Doom's perception of Nightcrawler... So it could be that he like gets him, like gets his defenses lowered that he could get up and get a sneak attack. Like it, and Doom might just not be. That would be a weakness for Doom. He could have not assessed the threat. Like he would just think this is kind of beneath me, and would even though he has like technological things with the Iron Man armor, he's got any number of like mystical things he could cast or devices that could give him a warning he might just not be paying attention to it because he's thinking he could win the fight really easily and i don't know there's that, that could be a thing so yes there is a possibility that nightcrawler could get close enough to him i don't know that the swords are going to help in this game <laughs> the balloon animal swords could gain so much static charge that they no i don't know <laughs> Even if his swords hadn't been turned into balloon giraffes, I just don't know that they'd be that helpful. Clang, clang, clang. And again, maybe the balloon giraffes would actually be more useful because he could build up static with them and try to use that to short out Von Doom's iron suit. Matthew pointed out last time that there are, he's got uh, some fail safes in his armor. I'm pretty sure that the balloon giraffes could build up a higher charge than Thor Odinson. Good point. <laughs> Okay, are we ready to vote? Yeah. Yes. Dustin. I was really unsure about this matchup until Trevor pointed out the science behind static electricity, and so I'm voting Nightcrawler. <laughs> Despite my own revelations about the static potential of giraffes who are made of balloons, <laughs> I'm going to vote for Iron Doom Man. I love Nightcrawler more, but I think I'd still have to vote Iron Von Dick Victor Doom. Almost a dub, anyway. Um, yeah, Iron Doom. I like Nightcrawler better, too. Um, so that would bring us to the final round, which would be Scarlet Witch versus Victor Von Night Doom. Can I throw some interesting history in here? Go ahead. One of his plans in the past that did not pan out was he wanted to make himself into a godlike being. That actually is what he wants to do a lot and occasionally succeeds. But he 
in order to do that, he literally kidnapped the Scarlet Witch, brainwashed her into wanting to marry him, and then empowering him to, like, changing reality so he was a godlike being. Um, And that whole thing is gone. She's pretty PO'd about it still. Like, <laughs> if as anyone would be, right? If you were kidnapped and forced to marry Doom. So she has a very personal stake in this. <laughs> okay, Victor Von Doom might be a lot more like the Ice King than I thought. um uh, who's the ice king the main villain of adventure time oh my goodness he (laughs) doesn't it's not that weird lots of people like it it's pretty weird but people do like it (laughs) no no i meant it's not that you said it like i can't believe we're bringing in the super obscure thing and it's like dustin there are lots of no that's not what my oh my goodness was about oh okay well never mind then (laughs) um that's the only time he's probably done that that wasn't Susan Richards. <laughs> I don't actually know if he did that with Susan Richards. I'm just assuming it happened at some point. Yeah. Because the aforementioned issues. Um, okay. So are we ready to vote? I thought we were going to. Okay. Magic <laughs> joking, level. Magic level. They're matched. She, I don't think we've really been hitting that. She is fairly skilled in sorcery. Like the actual magic, not just the mutant. She has mutant powers and then has training in the magic part. You touched on it. I'm super confused now. So she has mutant powers, but she's not a mutant? <laughs> not anymore. Sorry, I'm using the wrong terminology. She has, oh, geez, what are they? I uh, No, they're genetically engineered superpowers, <laughs> I guess. I don't. <laughs> Dustin, they're going to revert it in like two years. Or something. Okay, but my my question now is, is the probability thing her mutant slash genetically engineered power? I guess so. Okay, so she still has that when even when she's genetically engineered. Um, I they haven't really hit on it, but I guess it's still there. Yeah. Okay, so here's how she wins. She uh, changes the probability that he has a fatal mistake in his spell casting from zero to one hundred percent, and boom. <laughs> Um, I was just going to say that she could probably negate magic-wise any magic. He, like, they could they could counterpoint each other on any magic that was used, and I think he would abandon the magic side of it pretty quickly. I don't know. The probability skill changing is not part of her magic. No, no, I'm not arguing against that point. I'm just saying oh, okay. that it, there's a, there are multiple ways around his mystical abilities at this point. Um, the other – what was I going to say? Or something else? Would it – it seems like it would be pretty easy for her to change something to cause him not to take on the Iron Man persona. That's true. Um, Which would make him considerably weaker. That would... There's no one simple thing there. It's a long chain of events. And if any one of them was displaced, then the chain would no longer be in effect. Yeah, but... She, okay, here's the problem with it. The thing that led him to doing that literally involved the universe being destroyed, remolded, and pretty destroyed again. So she'd have to undo a lot. <laughs> like, she might undo herself in the process of trying to do that, which might negate that as a, like, as a move. I think she could just cause, like, the armor to completely fall off, and he would be left without any armor, and then she'd be able to outmagic him or like that 
that would be a really simple way to do it without like completely tearing apart space time in the cosmos. <laughs> Although that might be more amusing. She also has fairly intimate knowledge of all of his interpersonal history. She could easily conjure Susan Richards to distract him or like an apparition. Oh, the other thing we didn't talk about. Um, we talked like Mr. Fantastic is in his head or Reed Richards is in his head. He has like a super big hidden, not so secret <laughs> inferiority complex going on. He could, she could conjure apparitions there that would totally mess with him too. He does seem to have some psychological issues that would be ripe for the sort of exploitation we saw in the rusted out boat on Age of Ultron. Oh yeah, that's like I didn't even that's a good point. Even like MCU version of her could probably mess with him enough. Anyway, what were you gonna say, Dustin? I was going to ask, wouldn't he realize that those are not real representations of Reed Richards or Susan Storm? Just as I mean, we had brought that up in the Iron Man Martian Manhunter fight, but never took that as a serious possibility. I'm just confused that that's being presented as a serious possibility now. Well, number one, I think we were saying Martin Man Martian Manhunter didn't have any way to know who the people were. But even if he... I think she would just could use it as a distraction. And if they're saying things... If she has enough of an idea of his psychology, she can be having them say things that are unnerving him enough that like distract him a little bit. Okay. Like It's just like an edge thing. It's not a she beats him that way thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you said previously that he has wards around his mind that will mess people up if they try to do things to him mentally. Would that affect Scarlet Witch whenever she's trying to mess with his emotions? Um, she's not, not if she's projecting something that's not directly interfacing with his mind. Like she's physically. I was referring more to the idea of like the MCU version of her. Oh, well, if we were doing MCU version, probably like that probably would. No, I mean like the, just that action, not necessarily MCU version of her, but like the thing that she did in, on the boat. The thing she did on the boat is a fairly unique MCU thing. Oh, okay. Like, she doesn't typically screw with people's minds. And she, if she did, it would be, like, a projection of something that she... Like, again, she would know the person and know what to create an illusion of. And that would be more like the magic side of it anyway. Okay. Um, also worth noting, she's fought beside Iron Man, like, longer than... Like the real Iron Man? The real Iron Man. The majority of the time. So she... Pro like, and I'm pretty sure she's had times where she's like just hexed his armor into stopping, so she knows how to do that part. <laughs> how does Victor Von Doom cast his magic? Verbally, verbally, hand signals. Sometimes he can just kind of like start willing it into existence. It okay, so he would still be able to cast magic if she put a hex on his armor that locked him up to where he couldn't like do hand motions or anything like that. Yes. Okay. Like, there's not, it's not a Harry Potter thing. Oh, I guess they can do nonverbal spells, so I guess that's not a thing. Well, like, I understand what you're saying. Um, he. It's not a Sabriel thing. Did you start reading that? Yeah, I did. Oh, nice. 
Um, but anyway, I think we do want to keep in mind that she is incredibly angry at him still, and he might, as a as Iron Doom and wanting to atone for bad stuff in the past, probably feels hella guilty <laughs> in this coming into this fight. Like, I think he'd still have a will to win, but I think the background emotion might color what he does. Does that make sense? Yes. If his, uh, since like his psychology and emotions are the main way he usually gets defeated, that I think is an important factor to note. I don't know. Have we discussed this enough? I'm ready to vote. Trevor? Are we still on fight 15? Yep. Yes. This is the final. The final. That was fight. somewhat sarcastic. Oh. <laughs> I. <laughs> the last fight. Yes. I, would... I get it now. Yeah. No, I'm. I think we've talked about it for too long. Okay. Let's vote. Dustin. I vote Scarlet Witch for many reasons. Trevor. Scarlet Witch. I also vote Scarlet Witch for many reasons. <laughs> and I did I wish I uh never mind. Scratch that. So we have a winner. The final victor of the Better Worlds superhero showdown is Scarlet Witch. And she has graduated, so if we ever do this again, she will not feature. Oh, that's a good rule. I like it. I assumed that everybody only got one shot. Oh, that's interesting. I thought that was the reason to not use all the most popular ones. Basically, we could use some now, save others for later. Oh, that's a good point to make. Uh, The reason we weren't using all the popular ones is because as long as it took us to go through simply eight first round matchups if we had gone more than that it would have been like three episodes or more (laughs) yeah so that's why we didn't have no we were gonna do a full we were limiting ourselves a full march madness bracket uh, starting with 64 participants no (laughs) yeah that would have been that would have been a year-long process a year from now we'd be having a mistakes were made episode (laughs) (laughs) So if you are upset that Daredevil wasn't in here or Superman or any of the Darkwing Duck suggestions, <laughs> we had to cut the line or draw the line somewhere. And <laughs> we drew it and then we cut it and then we cut it again to get just eight first round matchups. Sorry, I I just imagined like Darkwing Duck, uh, what's the like water skiing behind you and you're like, we've got to cut the line. <laughs> so cool i did not expect scarlet witch to be the winner uh when i was looking at the the matchups or just the contestants in general i thought squirrel girl was gonna go all the way (laughs) yeah i know at least one other person that thought that (laughs) i thought that um for the final round i had kitty pride versus squirrel girl really that would have been interesting. <laughs> oh, that's because of Black Widow. But again, that's because I didn't realize Scarlet Witch was in the running. So I had... <laughs> You're like, Kitty Pride versus Black Widow. That's easy. I don't even remember who I had winning Black Panther versus Batman. But I had Kitty Pride beating either of them to go to the final round. Yeah. Um, I do think that Scarlet Witch versus Squirrel Girl would have been interesting. <laughs> She just would have said no more squirrels, and then I would be, oh, that's a sad oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
only a hundred squirrels remain. <laughs> um, yeah. Should we wrap this up? Probably. Okay. Thanks for listening. You can find us on the internet at betterworlds.net. You can find the show notes for this episode at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash seven. There will be links to the various characters if you want to look into their backgrounds and powers and everything, as well as the various things that we discussed in the pre-show and follow up. I'll have links to like the Philadelphia experiment and all that good stuff. We are on Twitter at betterworldsnet, and we may or may not soon create a sort of chat room thing on Slack. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yes, we will. It's under advisement. We might do that. We have like the whole spectrum of certainty there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could uh, we could have done that like Elcor and said like cautious optimism. I think we will do it. <laughs> this one thinks it is a possibility. Well, thanks for listening to our superhero showdown. Um, we look forward to your angry tweets about who should have won. <laughs> Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Previously on Better Worlds, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk. I'm logging in now to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, I'm logging in now to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Superman to jerk, Kitty Pride.